Privileged, precise, and punishingly beautiful, Elizabeth of Bavaria rose to become Empress Consort of the Austrian Empire at the height of its powers. To this day, Empress Sisi, as people call her, is still one of the nation's most beloved figures. But behind Sisi's exquisite facade lay a lifetime of pain, violence, and... Wowie, an unimaginably tragic end. Mm-hmm. No clickbait. We will deliver on that. Mm-hmm. So let's dive into CC's chilling history and see for ourselves. Hello and welcome to Yesterday's News, a podcast brought to you by Factinate.com. I'm Dancy. And I'm Veronica. And this series has one goal, to make history fun. Because it turns out that when you take away the old words and the fancy titles, anyone who made history was probably a bit of a hot mess. This week, as part of our series on our favorite queens in history, we're discussing Dancy's special favorite, Empress Elizabeth, mm-hmm. or better known as Cece, of Austria. Cece wore really, really dope star jewelry in her hair one time. I decided to just load that at the top of the episode. Even if you stop <laughs> listening right now, you know to go Google Romy Schneider's star jewelry and the original portrait that inspired uh, it. Actual fairy tale princess shit. And I feel like women still do versions of this hairstyle at their weddings. Yes. And even like the butterfly clips that were really popular in the 90s. I think that they're a descendant <laughs> of these personally. <laughs> Trendsetter. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I love Empress Elizabeth. I think about her all the time. So we should get right into it. Hell yeah. So Cece was born on Christmas Eve in the year 1837 to, of course, obviously wealthy, prominent Bavarian parents. Will we ever have a queen who isn't born into some measure of privilege? Uh, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> uh, but she was a poor little rich girl, a classic poor little rich girl. Her parents oh, yeah. hated each other. And, like, we've seen a lot of fucked up marriages so far, but I really do believe that Cece's parents took it to a whole nother level. Like, her dad saw men who had mistresses, and he was like, let me bump it up. He openly (laughs) kept so many mistresses, and his illegitimate children, yes, obviously he had plural, he um, had them hang around the house. And honestly, like, yes, keep your children around. That's fine. I actually am down for that. But... I can also see how this could mess Cece and her mother up. I think maybe the cruelest detail about that is that he had one or two particular favorite illegitimate children and he was unavailable at lunchtime because he was eating with them. Sorry, I can't eat with you because I need to be with my second family. (laughs) Yes. Such a mess. Oh, also, he was a weird guy. He was really obsessed with circuses. He had a circus. He had his own personal circus. Like, just like a hobby circus, like the way people have a hobby farm. Yes. And he did tricks and stuff. Wow. They were like the known eccentrics in town, basically. In that case, Cece is very lucky. If you're wealthy and hot, you can be eccentric. It's like allowed. And she was both of those things. (laughs) She quickly becomes incredibly beautiful, tall, and thin. She's really rigid about her weight. This will be a through line. And if you have a hot daughter... What do you do? You got to set her up with an eligible bachelor. Cece's mom sets Cece's older sister up with the Emperor of Bavaria, which is like a really good match, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like this isn't a nobleman. This is the emperor. This is the guy. <laughs> it's like you're getting Brad Pitt. Like you're getting the true 
iconic king. You're not getting some supporting actor. You're not getting Jeremy Renner. <laughs> Who, by the way, tried to like make an app. Oh, I know. So I love that story. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <clears throat> Cece's mother sets the older daughter up with the Emperor of Bavaria. She figures she's going to offload Cece onto the Emperor's younger brother, Carl Ludwig. Not a bad deal. No. Not a bad deal. Not bad at all. However, on the day that Cece's mom sets off to introduce Cece's sister to the emperor, she decides at the last minute, hey, Cece's feeling kind of sad. I'm not going to go into this, but Cece had a forbidden boyfriend who died very suddenly. (laughs) Um, So Cece's mom is like, she's feeling pretty sad. We'll take her with us. We'll give her a distraction. Bad call. The emperor immediately looks at Cece and her sister and he's like, nope, I want the hot one. He dumps the sister before they've even started dating <laughs> oh. and immediately hooks up with Cece. Oh, my gosh. That had to hurt. As someone with a hot sister, I feel oh, that. Oh, same. <laughs> yes. Honestly, though, I'd be so used to it. I'd be like, yeah, sure. Like, the second Cece gets into the carriage, I'm like, it's over. <laughs> However, Cece isn't really into the emperor, but her momager is like, too bad, so sad. You're marrying him anyway. So Mm. at this time, Cece is literally a teenager, and she does act like one. She freaks out and cries throughout her entire betrothal ceremony. You know what that reminds me of? Oh, this reminds me of a scene in Ever After, and I'm obsessed with that movie. I know. Where um, Dugray Scott is being forced to marry a Spanish princess, and he's like, going to the altar with her and this spanish princess the entire time is just sobbing like <laughs> and that's what this cc's like big that. cc energy <laughs> yeah she like literally weeps throughout the entire betrothal ceremony which they're not tears of joy people she's also like uh, she's weird like her dad the emperor tries to i guess win her over with gems uh, and cc's like sure yeah great but when the emperor gives her a parrot, she loses her damn mind. She's <laughs> obsessed with this parrot. Weird lady. Oh, man. She was, like, really into um, this monkey she had, too. People called her monkey fever. This thing was everywhere. And everyone hated it because it smelled really bad and would, like, make rude gestures to everyone. They were just like, oh, my God, Cece, please get rid of this monkey. <laughs> you know that Cece, like, trained the monkey to be rude. That's my bet. Also, Cece has more to deal with than a husband she doesn't love. She has the Mm monster-in-law to end all monsters-in-law. Her future mother-in-law negs Cece with a list of suggestions. Like, hey, your teeth, they're kind of gray and crooked (laughs) and and dirty. Oh, my God. (laughs) Not sure what the suggestion is there, but thanks, And Cece becomes incredibly insecure about this. She will do anything to avoid showing her teeth, so she often mumbles. And this leads everyone at court to be like, she okay? (laughs) Like, it just has this horrible ripple effect. Things are just going so poorly for her. And to make things even worse, this is so ominous, a few days before the wedding, the emperor drops Cece's new crown and breaks it. If this isn't real-life foreshadowing, I don't know what is. (laughs) And the wedding is a gong show, too. The day of her wedding, Cece gets out of the carriage for the big ceremony, and she falls (laughs) in front of everybody. Oh, it's the opposite of a Cinderella moment. She also cried for hours before the wedding because she loves this guy so much, and she looked really distraught during the ceremony. So, again, 
bad. Bad all around. Bad. Yeah. Not going well. Not going well. And some of the other issues here, too, are that the Viennese court at the time, the Austrian court, is so strict rigid, Mm -hmm. super, super conservative. She has so many rules she has to follow when she gets there. Like she's not allowed to wear the same pair of shoes twice. You actually couldn't talk to certain people, even if they were a noble. You could only touch people in a certain way. You had to only pay attention to the people who were the most important, not the people you loved the most. Just really sort of an emotional hellscape. And That level of control did not end with her marriage because her mother-in-law, Sophie of Bavaria, she, as we've seen, wants to control everything. And she's used to controlling everything. People called Sophie the only man at the Hofburg Palace. I love that nickname. Yeah, it's great. She ruled with an iron will and she ruled, you know, her, her brood before Cece showed up and she had no intention of giving up that spot. So Sophie does stuff like immediately after the wedding, she is watching Franz Joseph, her son, and Cece like a hawk. So she knows the night that Cece loses her virginity. Then she forces them to talk about it with her. (gasps) No. And then Cece, to her horror, really, gets pregnant almost right away. So she's like a teenager, a tiny teenager. She's now pregnant. And then when she has the first child, a daughter... Sophie of Bavaria, her mother-in-law, names the baby Sophie after herself without asking anyone's permission. <laughs> like, just like, yep, that's my baby Honestly, now. that's big Veronica energy, and I'm not mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cece's mother-in-law also does stuff like she insists that baby Sophie's nursery be right by her apartments, even though her apartments were like way far away from Cece's. And she all but kidnaps the girl and just raises her herself, calling Cece sort of a stupid young mother and who's not going to be able to do it properly. Thanks. Thanks, Grandma. As if that's not enough. Then Cece has another daughter. And then at that point... The years start wearing on and Cece isn't having a male heir. Male heir. Male Male heir. Male heir. Male heir. And while Sophie Bavaria is like, "Mm, mm, mm, my son needs a son, she launches this clandestine campaign against Cece, does stuff like she just like leaves kind of propaganda leaflets about a queen's wifely duties, just lying around with some choice passages underlined that are like, you better have a son or you're worthless. Just really awful stuff. Now, a little detail in this nightmare that I love is that Cece's like a sly rebel. So she is pretty introverted and um, can come across quiet because of her mumbling, but she's not taking no shit. She starts throwing what she calls orphan balls, where she only invites unmarried younger women so that Sophie is completely excluded from the invite list. Just... (laughs) freaking that's so smart though oh that's so clever yeah class a passive aggression uh but despite these coping mechanisms this kind of absolute control of sophie bavaria but also just in the air in the viennese court really really does a number on cc and 
it really starts to tell on Cece's body. So she starts suffering from psychosomatic issues, like she gets dizzy spells within weeks of her entering the castle. She has coughing fits. She stays away from Vienna as much as possible. And at one point when she was coming back into the city, she vomited like four times just on the carriage ride there. Oh, that's so sad. Also completely understandable. Yeah, like you uproot this child's whole life stick her with a harpy mother-in-law like yeah i'd be upset too mm-hmm. this is about where she starts really disordered eating how she has a aversion to meat that's again like seems almost psychic she over exercises and again as we said she really insistently kept herself the same weight her entire life wait pause how do you exercise in the like 1800s she had a, a, a gym she did a lot of acrobatics <gasps> she walked a lot like a lot a lot like for hours and hours on end she also this is sort of related to her body image issues but also has a little uh, spike of rebellion in it she loved corsets that you pulled in as tight as they could possibly go so your waist all but disappeared and this wasn't just an effort to show off off her thin figure it it was totally a way of telling sophie bavaria yeah bitch i'm not pregnant yet i'm not <laughs> pregnant i can still wear this still got these rock hard abs yeah and so you can see really in this pattern of behavior it is like Cece had no control over so much of her life. So, of course, she's going to grasp for that control anywhere mm -hmm. she can get it. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the other, the final thing I'll mention of the ways that this manifested was she got really, really into horse riding. She rode all day, every day. At the height of her abilities, she was probably the best horsewoman in the world. Like, wow. she was good. She got the name Queen Riding to Hounds, which is so badass. But like so much of Cece's prowess, this also had a dark side. She rode like she had a death wish. Mm -hmm. um, she often got knocked unconscious. And at one point after an accident, she wrote uh, on her way back home, why must I return to my cage? Why could not I have broken all my bones so as to put an end to it? Everything. Whoa. She's miserable. She really, really doesn't like the strict um, lifestyle she's being forced to live. She's like the Venn diagram of horse girl and goth girl. Yeah, she totally is. <laughs> Trying to add some levity because that was so sad. Oh my God, poor Cece. It's hard not to empathize with her. But some good news. On August 21st, 1858, she finally has a boy. Male heir, male heir, male heir. Male heir, male heir. Crown Prince Rudolph was just, you know, the toast of the town. This actually allowed her to become more powerful at court because, again, she finally did her wifely duty and it shuts Sophie's mouth, which is great. And Rudolph really took after her. Um, he was also really progressive, sensitive, introverted. But as we'll see, sadly, their relationship had a pretty horrific end. But for now, though... She's got the boy at last. The boy is mine. 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 Got that male heir, baby. All right. So Cece has a male heir, that prized, prized male heir. So she has a little more time to cultivate some of her trademark obsessions slash hobbies. One of these, 
truly obsessed with her hair. Literally would mm-hmm. take a day off to wash it. It was at what down to her her bum at least. Oh yeah. It was like a truly magnificent mane of chestnut hair. This is why the star jewelry looks so good in it too cuz her hair was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now I'm having to confront the idea that even if I get the stars, my hair won't look that good <laughs> because my hair isn't as good as <laughs> I know. It's like all the haircuts that look so good and other like beautiful, beautiful models. And you're like, oh, right. I can't do it. Like Claire and the pencil haircut in Fleabag. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. I love that. So Cece was obsessed with her hair. She hired a woman whose entire job was to tend to her royal tresses. And Cece seems like a fucking nightmare of a boss. She would make this lady Mm. show her the comb after their sessions so that Cece could inspect any hairs that fell out. Oh, fuck off. Kill me now. Walk away, girl. She also um, decided to have a little, little, little spicy fun. She, as we've established, does not like her husband. She's hot for this guy named Count Androssi, who's this sexy, whip-smart bad boy. Mm-hmm. I love this detail. Cece Loki threatened to never touch her husband if he didn't give Andrassi an appointment at court. She's like, let my boyfriend hang out. Or Norween, untouched forever. Dusty forever. (laughs) They do a lot of hardcore flirting, but sadly, never bonk. And this is a bit of a refrain for poor Cece. This girl, Mm -hmm. she had like major blue vagina. She was also (laughs) into a younger man named Bay Middleton. Not Bay like before all else, like B-A-Y. That's a name, apparently. He was a horse boy to her horse girl. He actually rode horses for a living because that was a job once. It's like race car drivers, I bet. He was like the Lewis Hamilton of his day. Just a little uh, inside joke there for my F1 fans. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. Like, horses were the sports cars of the day. And, um, I mean, do sports car drivers tend to have boring deaths? No, they Uh -uh. don't. And the same thing with horse drivers in the 19th century. Bay and Cece have this long-standing flirtation. He's, like, so pent up for her that he actually has to, like, leave the court and marry someone else. He just can't take it. But he still can't quit her. <laughs> they correspond for years. And they, like, met in disguise. Like, oh, Cece. Mm-hmm. So spicy. Uh, but, yeah, Bay for sure dies in a tragic horse race. <laughs> so <laughs> it doesn't work out with him. Oh. Sorry, Cece. This whole time, while Cece is actively romancing people who are not her husband, she also outright refuses to let the emperor touch her. (laughs) Here's my favorite proof of how bad their relationship is. Cece was really gung-ho about the Shakespeare play A Midsummer Night's Dream, and it's a topsy-turvy, like, night of craziness kind of plot where the queen of the fairies falls in love with a donkey so she commissions a bed and has an artist use part of the furniture to depict a scene from a midsummer night's dream where the fairy queen titania hooks up with a donkey and everyone at court knew this was cc's way of saying like i'm a perfect pristine queen my (laughs) husband is literally an ass and it's (laughs) fabulous she was so good at the passive aggressive shade like it's so good we love a historical burn and cc is really really good at them (laughs) was she a mean girl a little bit but life was mean to her so no judge on wednesdays we wear pink 
Oh, and here's the clearest sign that Cece was not down to bang her husband. She really actively stumped for him to get a mistress <laughs> so that someone would touch him. And, you know, fair. Offloading tasks is a key element of time management. <laughs> <laughs> so Cece only bangs the emperor if she has a good reason, i.e. when they become king and queen of Hungary, Cece's like, we should have a kid in this country because it'll solidify our power. So she freaking manifests a pregnancy because no one has willpower like Cece has willpower. She has a baby girl right on time. <laughs> and unlike her other children, Cece actually likes this one. So the way that Cece's mother-in-law treated her is kind of how Cece treats her own children. Not good. When her oldest daughter, Gisela, gets married, Cece shows up in full glam, wanting to look hotter than her own daughter on oh her wedding day. Oh my gosh, Cece. <laughs> and... This is even better. Or worse, but better. When Gisela has a kid, Cece describes her own grandchild by saying, and I quote, Gisela's child is of rare ugliness. It looks exactly like Gisela. Ooh. <laughs> oh. So, nope. so mean. That's bad. All right. Cece's personality gets a little wacko around this time. She walks out on Queen Victoria during a lunch meeting because she's like, I came here for food. I ate. I'm out of here, which is a mood and how I act at parties as well. So I understand you, Cece. <laughs> she also starts smoking, which is very scandalous. She starts having these laughing fits like she's the damn joker. And she becomes obsessed with insane asylums. She visits them. When her husband's like, what do you want for your birthday this year, Cece? She looks at him and she's like, a fully equipped insane asylum. That's a quote. <laughs> <laughs> and then actually, I think he gave her something and she sent like a letter back being like, yeah, that was nice. But where's my insane asylum? <laughs> I'm kind of worried about Cece, but I also would never want her to change. <laughs> the other thing that Cece does is manifest some big bisexual energy. She flirts with Napoleon's wife, Empress Eugenie, by being like, hey, come into my bedroom. Let's take our measurements oh. and compare our waistlines, which is toxic, but also yeah. hot girl shit if I ever saw it. <laughs> Like, that's the start of so many about you. <laughs> it really is. She also collects many pictures of famous beauties, including the OG Hilaria Baldwin, this uh, white woman who pretended to be Spanish named Lola Montez. <laughs> Whenever um, Cece's ministers went abroad, Cece would be like, oh, pick me up like pictures of these hot women. And everyone assumed they were for the emperor, but they were for mm -hmm. Cece. I love that. High femmes, recognizing high femmes. Love it. <laughs> it's so good. There's a real, like, uh, energy to her of, like, ooh, I'm the most beautiful. I only want to be around the most beautiful woman. Beauty, beauty, beauty. But also, I secretly think they're hot, too. <laughs> it's like Taylor Swift and her squad. I I believe in um Taylor and Carly. Yes, yes. She is the squad era of Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Cece grew up in an eccentric family and then at this point in her life like everyone in the court is just like oh my god this girl is like outstripping her circus dad and it really over time like these things didn't get better they got worse she just withdrew more and more into herself and she's really so stuck inside herself that she doesn't notice when disaster is coming and what a disaster is on the way Ooh. yeah her son Prince Rudolph, like her, suffers from depression, really doesn't like the formality of the court, but she's really let him out to see 
just deal with it yourself. I got my own problems. Yes, Cece's not the most maternal person. No. And she really pressured him into a marriage with Princess Stephanie of Belgium. Uh, and it was very a very unhappy marriage. And he took, like, mistress after mistress. And then on January 30th, 1889, the Mayerling incident rocks the world. And this is something I have been obsessed with for a very, very long time. Yeah. True crime people meet history people. This yeah. is your intersection. Yes. Rudolph and his teenage mistress, Mary Vetsera, die in a murder-suicide love pact. Rudolph has basically decided he doesn't want to be on earth anymore but he doesn't want to go alone and so he's going to take this young teenage girl down with him this destroys the austrian line of succession um the crown actually eventually goes to france ferdinand who if that name sounds familiar to you it's because he became the catalyst for world war one but it also completely destroys elizabeth she dresses in black for the rest of her life um hides her face in veils and parasols and pretty much just completely retreats from the world. I do have to add that dressing in black, I'm sure, is motivated by this complete tragedy. But Cece also looked incredible in black. <laughs> That's so true. Like, uh, in a version of the story where she meets her husband and, like, steals him from her sister just by being hot, the reason why this happens is something happens to their packed clothing, and uh, they're in mourning for some aunt, so they're all in black anyway, and they they don't have the clothing to change into more regal gowns. And so when they step out of the carriage, they're all in black. And where it really washes out Cece's sister, Cece just looks like fucking exquisite. So, I mean, wearing black for the rest of her life, I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe she was like, hey, it's my color already. <laughs> I really like this reading. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm very sad and in mourning, but also I look fucking hot in this. <laughs> like a black widow. Am I going to splice in black widow again? Maybe. Like, you should. Sorry, you should guys. take any opportunity you can. <laughs> black widow, baby. Uh, and just, yeah, super goth, super, like, Cece would listen to the Smiths <laughs> if she lived today. I wear black on the outside because black is how I feel on the inside. Yeah. You know, oh, that's yeah. Cece. Oh, yeah. I love it. Such a good aesthetic. Ah, oh, but guys, okay, we got we got a sad one coming mm. up again now too. Just horrific sadness at the end of Cece's life, because a decade later, after Prince Rudolph's murder suicide pact, Cece meets her own cruel end. The Italian anarchist Luigi Luceni hears that she's traveling alone without an entourage, which she often did because she just hated fuss. He finds her. He stabs her in the heart with a crude needle file. And it's such a quick interaction that Cece doesn't even realize what's happening. Like, seriously, her last words are, what happened? Um, and then she dies at just 60 years old. And when her family heard, I think this detail is really sad too, they actually thought it could have been a suicide at first because she was just so depressive throughout her life. But Luigi, Luceni, people were like, wait, why her? Like, what? Like, she didn't, she was sort of one of the more progressive or at least the more neutral figures of the time. But as he said, it was not a woman I struck, but an empress. It was a crown that I had in view. He wanted the monarchy to topple. Cece was a part of it. She had to die. So just a really tragic, tragic end <sighs> to like a life that had so much drama and so much tragedy already. 
Yeah, and like, I get it. Monarchy, bad. But I like Cece. She's a cool monarchist. She walks. She has a gym. She cheats on her husband. She's fun. Come on. Kill him. <laughs> kill the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kill France. Um, And this is actually, I think, the part of her legacy that I find so interesting. Her fraught relationship with the monarchy as a system. Like, she actually wasn't that beloved in Austria during her time because she was seen as kind of both too progressive for the aristocrats, but she kept her politics very, very private. Although she did, again, love Hungary and try to help it personally. Today, she is beloved in both Austria and Hungary, but she was an immensely complicated woman and not always sympathetic. I mean, she had everything, so much more than the impoverished people of her country, but she just couldn't be happy. But again, I think we've all felt grateful and dejected Mm -hmm. at the same time. I think, too, her unhappiness came from the dark side of her privilege. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She was in this world of pomp and circumstance, and she didn't quite fit. And she also didn't have it in her to change it from the inside out. And I guess the one quotation that I read about her, which is from her lady-in-waiting, that really I, I think about a lot is, is this one here. She's an enthusiast, and her principal occupation is brooding. She needs an occupation, a position, and since the only one Cece could have is one that is repugnant to her nature, everything in her lies fallow. Oh, so trapped. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, like, when you think about her death, In the end, this occupation, her being um, a monarch, her being part of that absolute system that she couldn't transform, that's exactly what got her killed in that radical moment. So it's like really tragic and it's really poetic. And that's fascinating. And I never thought of it like that. And I have a new dimension of interest and respect for Cece's story. Mm Good job, Dancy. <laughs> 10 out of 10, sorry. I'm so glad because I want to just convert everyone into this messy woman. Problematic fave. <laughs> Cece is the ultimate problematic fave. That's yes. how we should have introduced her at the top. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Yesterday's News, a podcast brought to you by Factinate.com. If you want to learn more about Cece, check out our article on her. The link, as always, is in the show notes. Please leave us a review on the iTunes store and tell your friends about the show. We'll be back next week with another iconic queen to tell you about. But until then, don't let the bland history textbooks fool you. History was a damn soap opera. Mm-hmm.